Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to Dom Wells from Onfolio about how COVID-19 has impacted or potentially could impact the website investing arena and the whole industry as a whole. So Dom is a longtime friend of the show. He and I kind of got started blogging around the same time in 2013. I think we talk about that. And the reason why I asked Dom on the show is because he published a couple blog posts early in, I guess, Q1 of 2020 about how a recession might affect the website investing space and how coronavirus is affecting website income. So I'll put links in the show notes if you want to check out the you know, the source material that Dom wrote. And if you're totally unfamiliar with Onfolio, basically, let me read it directly from the website, investing in online businesses. So whether you want to have a single website or a whole portfolio, we have the systems and expertise to manage and grow it and help you take it to the next level while enjoying the most passive income you'll find online. We can help you make your first purchase, scale up your portfolio, or even help you operate an existing content business. And this is not a paid uh, promotion or anything like that. Dom's just a friend of mine, and he's doing good work over there. I haven't uh, you know, experienced any of these specific services that they're doing it on Folio, but Dom has a lot of experience working online. He's the original founder over at Human Proof Designs, which I know a lot of the listeners of this show you know, they check out Human Proof Designs or you're very aware of what, um, you know, the whole crew over there is still doing. Uh, Brian Brewer is a new owner, but Dom was the original owner and founder and started the thing, uh, you know, from scratch at the beginning. So anyway, if you're interested in more about Onfolio, you can check out and hearing the story rather, you can check out the original interview with uh, Dom that I published many months ago, many, many months ago. So this interview mainly focuses on the COVID-19 crisis, the pandemic, and all the sort of ongoing impacts, which Dom has some great observations. So without further ado, I'll send it over to the interview and I'll catch you on the other side. I'll tell you about a few things that are coming up. And actually, I want to tell you a little bit right now. So I'm going to be doing a live challenge coming up soon. It's going to be that first week in June of 2020. So I don't have the link that I can read out to you right now. However, I will put it in the show notes as well. And I'll tell you more about it on the other side. Now we'll go to the interview. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here from Niche Site Project and The Doug Show. And I'm with my friend, Dom Wells. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, pretty well, considering everything that's going on in the world. Can't really complain too much. Very good. And for the people that don't know you at all, you run Onfolio and you've, you were the founder, the original person at Human Proof Designs. But can you give just a little bit of an intro to let people know what you're into right now? Yeah, so I handed over Human Proof Designs to Brian about a year ago. Uh, this is April 2020 right now. And since then, I've been kind of uh, pedal to the metal with Onfolio and essentially Onfolio we just I guess you could describe us as an entry point 
for people who want to get involved in investing in, in websites, buying established websites. Someone summed it up really well the other day. So maybe they can be my new marketing person, but they said, we, we turn an active investment into a passive investment. So the idea is if you want to get involved with buying a website off somewhere like Empire Flippers, but you have no idea how to run it once you've bought it, or you don't even know how to get to that stage, you don't know how to evaluate which sites are better. Uh, that's kind of where we come in and, and what we can help with. So yeah, like that's pretty much been what I've been living and breathing for the last 12 to 18 months. Very cool. I know that's a big need out there. I'm sure that's exactly why you started the company, but I definitely get emails probably once a week where someone, a successful person has capital, they want to deploy it elsewhere, they want to diversify and you can help them out because they, they know there's online businesses, but they don't know what to do with them. They barely know just that they're out there, but they know that it's a great way to diversify and really get you know, quite a bit of leverage compared to some other investment vehicles. So great, great company. Can you give us an idea like how much uh, business you did last year, how much you've grown just in a general sense? Yeah, it's quite interesting because I hired a new head of operations about a year ago. And so we were doing this like recap of where Onfolio was when she joined and where we are now. So it's kind of some of the numbers are fresh in my head. The revenue model is a bit harder to talk about because there's how much revenue the sites we manage get and then how much we get and stuff. But in terms of where we are now, we have 16 people on our payroll. Uh, so some of them are full time, some are just like part time freelancers. We have 40 sites under management and... Well, yeah, those are the two biggest things. Um, and about a year ago, we probably had four or five people on payroll and uh, about five or six sites under management. So it's been a pretty hockey stick year in terms of just scaling up the company. Amazing. That, that's absolutely amazing. And I, I think that could be a whole other conversation. Maybe we'll put a pin in it and come back to it. That growth is tremendous. And it's awesome that you hired, a, I guess, a new COO to, you know, get things ramped up so you can do your CEO business. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, um, it was the first hire I made with well, the first sort of proper hire I made because I don't know if on this podcast or previous ones, but I've always been like a big fan of Brad at Human Proof Designs and hiring him as COO there was probably the best decision I made at HPD. So he stayed with HPD when I when I left. So I was like, I need to go out and find another person to fill that role. So it was like one of the first things I did. And um, and yeah, again, it was like the best decision I made with Onfolio as well. So I'll do that all day long. There are several topics we're going to hit today and many things happened since the last time we talked. So there's basically a recession happening right now. And who knows how long it's going to last, how deep it's going to go. We're dealing with like lockdown, shelter in place situations uh, across the world, really. Businesses are not able to operate in a lot of ways. We're online, so we could do a lot of stuff, but it's hitting us in different ways. And then we have the recent Amazon affiliate commission rate changes as well. So there's all these changes happening, pretty dramatic changes as well. So... Let's start with just the, the high level and, and a, on a personal level too, because we haven't caught up in a while. How are you feeling right now just as an entrepreneur running a business with 15 people 
you have a lot of clients and customers that you're working with. So how are you dealing with this pretty stressful situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I think if this had happened, say, six months ago or 10 months ago, I would have been feeling worse. Um, the first, probably the first half of the year of growing on Folio, I wasn't taking a salary and I was paying some of my team out of my personal money, my personal savings. So from about December onwards, that wasn't really the case. We were we were cash flow positive. And so right now I'm in a situation where I'm like, oh, okay, well, glad I got us there because now we have clients. The clients are not going anywhere. I know that whatever happens right now, everyone's going to be able to get paid. So on a sort of stress level, I'm okay. You know, something may change tomorrow, but <laughs> right now, I'm at a table, so I just knock on the wood a bit there. But right, right now everything is is okay. On a, I guess being in Taiwan, where I am now in Taipei, um, we we've been the poster boy of containing the coronavirus. We we we're so far again touch wood. We're so far um, not experiencing a lockdown. So. That's pretty reassuring. I've got a five-month-old baby, so it could be pretty different if like, I was in New York, for example, um, or China. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel quite lucky on quite a few fronts. And then I guess when I look at the, the more global scale, I, it's kind of strange. It's kind of in a holding pattern because in some senses I feel like, oh, this is a great opportunity. I may never have an opportunity like this in my life. But I haven't yet seen any of the opportunities come up. So, uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss this more on the, you know, the rest of the call. But um, so it's, just, it's kind of like just a little bit of a limbo feeling. Definitely the the air's gone out of some of the tires in terms of how gung ho everyone was, particularly towards the end of last year. And it's just a little bit like, okay, well, let's just wait and see. Yeah, I think that, that would probably sum it up pretty well. Very good. And one of the articles you wrote is called um, How Recession Might Affect the Website Investing Space. And you wrote that, if I'm doing my math right, about six weeks ago, March 9th. And you had a several different points where, you know, things could change. So for years, it was really a seller's market in many ways for affiliate sites and whether they were big or small or display ad type sites with informational content. So, you know, you listed about six of them. What, what's sticking out in your mind still six weeks later where, yeah, there's definitely um, website incomes are declining or maybe website multiples are declining? What do you see on the streets right now? I don't think it's a buyer's market yet. Some people are already saying it's a buyer's market. Uh, Richard Patey has a, a paid newsletter and he, in his last email, I think yesterday or anyway, couple of days ago, he said it's already a buyer's market. And I I mean, I don't agree with that based on what I'm seeing. But at the same time, it's probably less of a seller's market as well. So it's like, it hasn't fully gone to a buyer's market, but sellers have lost some of their ability to just sell a site like that. And that's mostly because of the Amazon situation. If the Amazon affiliate commissions hadn't done what they just did, I think it would still very much be a seller's market. And that's because the consensus is overwhelmingly that it's going to become a buyer's market and the seller's market is going to end. And what that is creating is 
kind of froth among potential buyers and everyone's like, okay, it's going to become a buyer's market. I'm going to buy. And so that creates so much buying demand that it stays as a seller's market. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, where there's consensus, there's less opportunity. So because everyone assumes it's a great time to buy, that actually means it's not a buyer's market. But then right now, if you're trying to sell an Amazon affiliate site, probably the power is with a buyer. So within within the market it is still there are these kind of pockets emerging where it's probably not a seller's market but in like the kind of wider macro view yeah i think it still is a seller's market and what i guess what i said i don't know if i put it in that post or not but what i've said a lot since that post is i don't know if it will ever fully become a buyer's market but i think there will become more opportunities where if you have money there might be one single seller who needs to sell in a pinch or they've lost their job you know they want to sell so if you're a buyer you can get you can get a uh, a good deal but like overall it's still like going to become a selling market and yeah i think that is what we're seeing now as well particularly with people who are trying to sell amazon sites hoping that someone hasn't noticed the affiliate changes and stuff like that so yeah there's there's that and there's also i guess on a side note there's people who want to buy amazon sites because they just became cheaper for the same numbers of traffic and so there are some people who either either they know something that i don't or they're just hopeful but there's a lot of people who want to buy cheap amazon sites now and then convert the links from Amazon to non-Amazon. And uh, people are assuming that's going to be like a home run. And I'm sort of skeptical about that. So, yeah, that, that's definitely something I'm seeing as well. Uh, and I think if someone can crack that strategy, then, yeah, that's going to be a great opportunity. You had some great insights there. One I want to point out is around the buyers versus sellers market. And my wife and I recently bought a home in Colorado. Pretty hot market overall, but... You know, it doesn't switch overnight from buyer buyer's market to seller's market because there's a bit of a transition and there's pockets, like you said. But, you know, things slow down. Inventory is a little different. People aren't putting houses on the market. And, you know, it's not a perfect parallel, but, you know, the website market is not going to switch. And like you said, if there's a consensus, then everyone's just waiting and you got to do something a little different to get the good deal. But switching gears to the the Amazon stuff I mean I think I think maybe the big opportunities are like a strategic situation where someone has a drop shipping site and then they could buy an Amazon site and then actually you know control a little bit more of the the marketing for their site have you seen any of that sort of stuff going on mm, not personally but I've, I've like anecdotally seen it yeah um I think there are people out there who have been doing it for years where, so Matt Diggity, for example, he's got quite a lot of experience with buying a site, taking out the Amazon links and replacing with like, say, share a sale links or some private links. If you've got a niche where you've done it before and you know it works and you can now buy other Amazon affiliate sites in that niche, or yeah, you can you own the product yourself so you can chop it out that way i think that is an opportunity but i think there's going to be some niches where it just doesn't make sense to switch and amazon is still going to be more profitable than than replacing it uh just less profitable than it was a week ago sure and i was chatting with uh jesse lakes and he did a little more research than i did so i'll just repeat what he said and amazon has a market share of like 38 percent 
Walmart's at number two with 5%. So yeah. pretty dramatic. And you could try to go to Walmart, but you're going to have to sell and get so much more traffic that, you know, there's not much you can do perhaps other than just try and diversify a little bit. Now, from the sites that you're managing, you mentioned there's 40 sites under management and on Folio. How many, like what's the makeup for monetization just in a general sense for Amazon versus other affiliates versus display ads and so on? I don't know the exact makeup. We've got we've got a large number of sites that are like 100% not Amazon. So they're obviously fine, not a big deal. Then we've got a large number of sites that are probably 50% Amazon. And then there's a couple where maybe they're like 75% or more Amazon. So those ones are feeling the pinch a bit. Um, some of them are in niches where the category actually didn't get affected or only got affected a tiny bit. So like, uh, you know, the PC space didn't get affected, for example. And then others, yeah, there's a couple where, you know, the the change has been quite brutal. And one or two of those sites don't really have any choice because maybe 75% of their Amazon purchases were not through direct links you start recommending something else unless they're paying you like 80% commission it's not going to cover the the gap it's not going to beat what you get from all the other amazon sales so um like if you were in a niche where people were buying something for like $100 and then maybe they were buying a few other things for $10 if you just find direct affiliate programs for that $100 thing and they pay say 15 20% and it converts, then yeah, absolutely change the links. That's going to more than make up for the fact that you're losing the um, like all the cross sales and the other stuff. Um, but in a lot of niches, a lot of sites, we're not going to be able to do that. So it's just kind of let's just go out and get more traffic is kind of the uh, <laughs> the solution there. Okay. So overall, it sounds like there's an impact to some sites, but generally the portfolios are in pretty good shape. Yeah. And I mean, interestingly enough, yesterday was the first day where I saw my Amazon dashboard and it's like, you know, it's, it's the first day of the new rates. And a lot of the sites are still making more than they were making before the coronavirus. And, and that's probably why Amazon did the, the rate cut, because we're making so much more money on our Amazon sites without doing any extra work, just because everyone's buying from Amazon. And so even going down to 3%, some of our sites are still making more. But what sucks is long-term, when that kind of corona traffic leaves, Amazon's not going to go, oh, okay, here's 8% again. (laughs) So that's where it's going to suck. But for now, it's like, well, actually, my sites are still, I'm still going to have a record month. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. And I've been seeing higher traffic in general there was a little dip for a few weeks but then once people got used to being at home it sort of jumped up and i'm seeing record traffic on multiple sites as well so very interesting and i guess for just for some actionable stuff like if people have a site and they've been hit what kind of advice would you give to them well what we've been doing internally is so there's a bunch of calculators out there already uh empire flippers has one FA International has one, John uh, Authority Website Income has one, Jesse probably has one at Genius Links, um, I don't know. But um, 
anyway, there's a bunch of calculators out there. So first thing you want to do is see how much am I going to be impacted? Uh, or people people may know already by now anyway, but the idea is you download your Amazon report and you, you see exactly how much you're going to be impacted. And you might conclude, oh, it's not that bad. It's not worth my time to worry about. But let's say it's a big impact. So the next thing you really want to do is figure out what percent of your Amazon sales come from people buying direct through a link or people buying all the other stuff that they buy when they get to Amazon. And again, if it's a small percent that people are buying other stuff, then you may want to say, okay, I'm going to look at chopping out, replacing these links with like other programs. If, if it's a large percent of your commissions are coming from all the other stuff people buy, it might not make sense to, um, to try to replace with another affiliate program because the, the boost you get from that may not, the net will probably still be a loss. Now, if you do want to replace, there's a few options. So the obvious thing to do is just start Googling like uh, affiliate programs in your niche, looking at places like Commission Junction, Share a Sale, and all of those different ones. There's a really good Facebook group right now called, um, I think it's like Amazon Affiliate Alternative programs or something like that so people in there are sharing information about uh different programs how easy they are to get into uh, what the process is and so on um, another thing you can do is actually download your report again and look at all of the sale, the products you've sold the most and then see if those products have affiliate programs so rather than joining networks you can actually do that and um some of them will some of them won't but you can still message them anyway and say hey I'm leaving Amazon. I still want to promote you. Is there anything we can do? You'll make more and I'll make more. Like I've had some people, they rejected me. They said, um, yeah, sorry, our private affiliate program's closed right now. And I was like, I drove $30,000 worth of sales of your product last month. Why? You know, I think you should open it. Uh, and they were like, no, sorry, we're closed. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I literally said, I'm going to send that $30,000 to someone else then. You are going to find some people who just don't give you the time of day, but you'll find others who are like desperate for your sales. I've had people say to me, Hey, this product that I've, you know, uh, so kind of like e-commerce entrepreneurs, like people who have Shopify businesses, stuff like that. They'll, they'll be more than happy to, you know, take your traffic and give you a share. So there's opportunity there. Uh, but that's more, once you've exhausted the obvious choices for where to find alternatives, then you can start, trying to find more like direct partnerships. Now, the, the thing I'm finding is with some sites, it really is just a case of changing out the links and just saying, instead of saying buy it on Amazon, you say buy it on you know, insert manufacturer's name.com. But as, as yourself and myself and many people have said over the years, with Amazon, a lot of the time, all you need to do is get the click. So a lot of our best product pages are just optimized for that it's like hey here's a product here's four bullet points about it check the price and then you go and then if you are now sending someone direct to a manufacturer that's not going to convert very well so even if they're going to give you say 15 percent instead of three percent or whatever you might get zero sales so definitely test it but if you find it's not converting then you you might want to rewrite that sentence and say so one thing i've been testing is saying hey you can get this on amazon too here's a link but i recommend you buy it direct from the manufacturer because then 
you're on their email list for when they send promotions and uh, you can often get a better deal and it's it's good to d- support them directly. And I'm seeing if that's going to get better conversions. On some pages with a lot of traffic, you may want to completely rewrite the page and split test it with something like VMO because you want to, you need to do something to kind of bridge the gap where there's going to be a lack of conversions. Matt Diggity told me their rule was to beat Amazon, you need to, they need to be paying something like 12% and their sales page needs to not be garbage. That was under the old Amazon com- commission rates, though. The good thing is now maybe only 8% needs to beat them because Amazon don't pay as much anymore. So I guess what I'm getting at is you need to figure out, is this alternative actually going to pay me more or am I just going to have to take this Amazon thing on the chin and just you know begrudgingly use them? Yeah, so I think that's probably the 80-20 and then kind of going more into the private partnerships if you can. So for example, I have someone who he has a Shopify store and he sells a product that everyone needs right now, but you can't actually get on Amazon. It's not toilet paper, (laughs) but it's like, it's something that people want, but Amazon, it's just completely sold out. Amazon aren't really going to get any more anytime soon. And he was like, hey, I'm selling this for... $60, I'll give you 25% if you have any sites that could convert this product. And I was like, uh, yeah, actually, I have one or two that may may work. So we're going to explore that option. And that could be something that's going to work out better. And I was kind of thinking about it holistically. And that's the kind of stuff affiliate marketers should be doing anyway. Like... Amazon doesn't need our traffic really. They don't need our they don't need our conversions. And like I said, we're not actually doing anything to get the sales anyway. Um, so the individual product sellers who would love to have someone who ranks for best whatever, and they can give us a commission to send them traffic as long as their product's not garbage. Those are the kind of partnerships we should be working on anyway. So I kind of feel like, well, yeah, actually that's, we have the power to make or break someone's business. So we should be helping those people rather than just, you know, doing uh, easy mode and just sending traffic to Amazon. So um, yeah. if you want to look at it philosophically anyway. It is a good way to look at it because, you know, you're helping another entrepreneur out and I was chatting with uh, Matt Giovanisi from moneylab.co. Do you know Matt? No. I'm going to have to introduce you guys. But we, we've been lazy, right? It's been very easy to just get okay content, like you said, a couple bullet points, get people over to Amazon. Not so hard to do. And I've been complacent. Matt's been complacent. It's really, you know, it was an easy way to do it. It was converting fine. People were making money. But yeah, if, if someone needs that traffic, if you see them running ads, for example, on whatever platform, you know they're spending money already. They want the eyes on their offer. So if you can bridge that gap. So that's super cool that you hooked that up. How did you you know, find that person? Is it just someone in your network, I guess? Yeah, I mean, one of the benefits of not being under lockdown is you can still have lunch with people. <laughs> so in in Taipei, uh, I was having lunch on Sunday with a few other entrepreneurs, and we were just just sort of 
uh, just talking about stuff and he was saying, well, why don't you just promote my stuff? And I was like, okay. So it kind of just came about from there. But obviously something actionable for the podcast for people who are not in that situation like I'm in. I think actually what you just said, like if someone's running ads for their product, yeah, reach out to them. What else? Uh, I had a few other tips. Maybe Google the product pages of, so like start searching for uh, e-commerce keywords, like instead of searching like best razor blade and looking for all your affiliate competitors, just Google razor blade and look at all the shops selling it and then maybe go to page two and find people who are like, oh, you've got a good product, but you don't have any traffic. Would you like some? And post in Facebook groups. There's like, um, there's a Facebook group called Shopify Entrepreneurs. And I joined it about four years ago and it had something like 50,000 people in it. I don't know how many people it must have now. But uh, just go in there and, I don't know, make sure you're not breaching the rules. Uh, I actually know the owner. Um, he's he's a pretty reasonable person. So just go in there and just say, hey, does anyone have a need for this traffic? I'm sure you, you'll get people biting your hand off. In fact, I think I might do that. Yeah, <laughs> so, really yeah. Uh, yeah, just stuff like that and, and just be a little bit creative. And like you say, like, don't be complacent. We... Um, you know, I guess we're the victims of our own success a little bit. And, you know, imagine you're the head of Amazon's associates program and you're you're looking at all these people and you're like, they're not really doing anything to drive these sales. In fact, are, are we even driving sales or are we just leeching? Like, because we just put it, we're just capturing, we're just cooking people before they, before they buy. So you, I can see them being like, well, let's reduce the commissions because they're not really working hard enough to make the sales. So yeah, be a little bit more creative and hustle a little bit and you might be able to make more money in the long run. Very good. And coming sort of towards the end, and there's another post that I wanted to mention that you wrote before a lot of the situation with COVID-19 popped out. This is future-proofing by building an audience, basically. And just generally, future-proofing is a great idea. It removes that complacency. But can you just give a few tips about things you're thinking about right now as far as future-proofing, revenue-generating, media-type sites? So where to start? So yeah, um, this Amazon stuff hasn't really changed my long-term plans because my long-term plans were not really involving Amazon anyway, it's accelerated them a little bit. But um, for those who haven't read the post, essentially, I was saying the best way to future proof an investment. So if you buy a content site, how can you make sure it's going to be around is to buy sites that have an audience and they they, they come because they want to read your information, they subscribe to your blog, they they do all of this, all of this um, stuff, because they, they like your content, they're not just going to come and read an article, click an Amazon link and never come back again. So for example, if you got your site dinged by Google, so I mean like you personally, like um, niche site project.com suddenly didn't show up in Google, you wouldn't get any new traffic, but you'd still have all of your old YouTube following and your email subscribers, people who are fans of yours. Um, so you, your income's not going to die and straight away and you know you're going to obviously need to do something to replace that lost traffic but it lets you sleep a little bit better at night knowing that you're not as reliant on like an amazon payout or a google algorithm um so the kind of sites that excite me are sites where yeah like 
people are coming because they want the content and they want to become fans. They don't want to become fans, but they become fans of the blog and they just um, are interested in the niche and the content you're putting out. And then in terms of how you monetize that, there's a lot more options then as well. Like you could monetize with an ebook, a membership, a course. Uh, you could still do physical products and you could still do affiliate, but you just have a little bit more power to pick and choose how you make the money. So yeah, that hasn't changed. If anything, I'm more bullish on that that now than I was when I wrote the post. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, I think both you and I kicked up our blogs around the same time, 2013 timeframe. And that probably slowed down our affiliate, affiliate marketing revenue, but we ended up with brands at the end of the day. You had an exit. I mean, it, it makes sense in so many ways with email list, podcast, just it's a platform that you could do the thing you want to do. So I, I can't agree more, you know, email lists, they're still, they're still very strong. I, I like email lists a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I only connected on folio.co to Google analytics for the first time a couple of weeks ago because I just, I get my traffic from podcasts and from word of mouth. I'm not, I don't optimize my blog posts for keywords and I just hadn't been thinking about SEO for on folio and with human proof designs as well in the beginning. Yeah. We focused on SEO, but a lot of the keywords in that niche either don't get much traffic or they're, they're highly competitive. So for us, it wasn't really an SEO play. So yeah, you, when you have that kind of business, you don't have to fear anything in terms of Google updates. Uh, and then if you look at, so like authority hacker, for example, I'm pretty sure a large amount of their traffic does come from the keywords they rank for. But if they suddenly lost all of those rankings, their revenue is going to stay good for a long time before like they feel that the, the, the pain in there. Uh, so that's like, you can do that in almost any niche. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's like the, the longer term strategy. Right on. Well, any, any parting words, Dom, any advice, any more advice you've, you've given so much sage, advice so far but yeah any anything for uh, maybe potential investors that are like hey I, I sense an opportunity you know should they check out on folio that sort of thing well yeah i mean absolutely they should check out on folio <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these thoughts i try to share on our on our blog posts um i don't blog that prolifically probably once every four to six weeks but i do have a blog post that i'm working on that goes deeper on this particular topic. For someone who senses an opportunity, yeah, I, I mean, I would just say if you can figure out a way to predictably buy an Amazon site and replace the links and have and have an uptick in the revenue, then go do that because Amazon sites just became cheaper. Um, but just don't, don't assume it's going to happen because as I talked about, there's going to be some niches where it, it doesn't work. So yeah, that's probably my parting, my parting words there. Very good. Awesome, Dom. It was great to speak with you. Congrats on the new addition to the family, of course. And we got to talk more often and don't we won't let 10 months go by next time. Yeah, hopefully it won't be responding to another Amazon change next time as well. Yeah, it'll let's let's do a happier topic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Thanks again to Dom. And if you're curious about the services that he offers over at Onfolio, you can check out the link in the show notes to read a little bit more. There's a suite of services that they offer over there. So I'm recording this in the new office. I'm in the new house, which, you know, listeners of the show, you know that I moved, I guess it was roughly, shoot, man, it was, it was about six weeks ago and it's come a long way. At first, the, this office was uh, just, it was a mess. There was stuff everywhere. I didn't have a proper desk, but at this point in time, I have a standing desk. It is a simple mechanical one. It's not one of the electronic ones, but I, I sort of assumed that something mechanical would be less likely to fail than electronics, which may or may not be accurate, but it was also cheaper and I'm a frugal dude. So I was like, ah, oh, you know what? It is like less a, a, a desk <laughs> that doesn't have the electronics is like less than half the price. I mean, it, it is way cheaper. So I got that. I have uh, some bookshelves behind me, which look great in video. It looks like I'm smart because there's there's books on the shelves. I have my whiteboard up. That is a new addition that I put up in the last week or so. And I also have a bunch of the acoustic sound treatments. So it's those blue and black squares that are shaped like little little pyramids. There's a bunch of two-inch pyramids on there. And I, I put it sort of throughout the room. My wife thinks I'm insane, but it does help some of the audio echo in here. And I also have a bunch of pictures, most of which are, you know, mountains and cool landscape sort of things. There's several from Yellowstone. There's a few wildlife photos. So there's a picture of a bear. I'm looking at them. So I'll describe them. There's an eagle in flight. There's an osprey in flight. And there's three eagles that... Uh, I guess they were at a rescue spot over in West Yellowstone in Montana. So that was pretty cool. So a lot of stuff around the Yellowstone and Grand Tetons area. There's also a picture of a lone bison, which is pretty badass. And a lot of the prints that I got are metal. So they're the metal prints. And I love the way those look. They have really rich and deep, like saturated colors colors that I don't think really come out in canvas most of the time, although I guess it depends on the canvas and how much you edit the photos. But yeah, we got some cool photos in here and it's really coming along. I, I love the office now. I'm standing up recording into the recorder. I do still prefer recording into my, what is this, a Zoom H4N versus into GarageBand. So really digging the office these days. And I, I almost forgot, I was just rambling on about the office, but I really wanted to tell you about this challenge, this live challenge that I'll be doing. So I'm partnering with the Internet Marketing Gold Group. That is Kyle Roof and Andy Stevens. And those are the folks that I've chatted with, but there's a gentleman named Ted and his last name starts with a K and I, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna listen to this but I apologize to you, Ted. I will meet you sometime in the future. But my main point of contact right now has been Andrew, Andy, as uh, his friends call him. So Andy and I have been working together along with uh, some of the team over there to put together this challenge. And really for the people that are you know, interested in the funnel design and all that, this is 
something different that I haven't done before at all. So typically when I've launched a course, I do it via email and I haven't had a great amount of luck doing webinars or live streams. And I've, I've heard, you know, I mean, usually it's people selling webinar software or people who are selling courses or they're teaching how to, you know, design a funnel. They will swear by webinars and webinars convert so well. And I'm sure they can for certain people, like everything can work. But for me, when I did webinars, they didn't work really that well. They didn't work that much better than me sending emails. So I just kept sending emails and emails worked great. Anyway, this challenge is something that, you know, Andy had an idea to run this challenge. And I was like, this is great. I haven't done it before. I want to give it a shot. So here's the way it's going to work. It is a five-day challenge. It's free to sign up. I'm going to go over material each day. There will be three live sessions. So three live sessions on one will be June 1st, one will be June 3rd, one will be June 5th. I will go over material. You will get assignments, some action items. They're fairly straightforward. It's trying to keep you engaged and get you, you know, deeper and moving closer to your goal of starting a site. And here is what we're going to go over. Here's the thesis. Here's the goal of the challenge. Find your perfect niche that has multiple sources of revenue so that you have a defensible business poised for profit and growth. I'm going to show you real examples of sites in the challenge so you can understand what they do well and what can be improved. Like I mentioned, I'm going to be giving some assignments and the super cool part is if you do these assignments and you know post them in the way that we describe, the way that you need to post them, you have an opportunity to win free enrollment into the course that we'll be launching at the end of the challenge. So it is a five-day challenge, but I only mentioned three live sessions. Part of that is because I didn't want to give myself way too much work. I mean, if I, I'm, I'm picking what I want to work on. So on the off days, on day two and four, I'll be sending out emails so that we'll recap and we'll go a little bit deeper. And I guess it's sort of like a college course because most or at least a lot of the courses that I took, we met three or I guess two or three times per week, depending on the class. Sometimes there were, you know, some other assignments going on on those off days. Maybe there was uh, maybe some study halls or something like that. So I also know that people are busy and you may not be able to attend five days in a row. And again, I didn't want to sign myself up to do five live streams an hour plus, and then be overwhelmed, all right? So this should be pretty cool. We're gonna learn a lot. You'll learn a lot about choosing a niche, multiple streams of revenue, and having that defensible business that we're all striving for. And then I will learn a lot about running a challenge. Luckily, I've done hundreds of live streams, and I am choosing to do you know, the platform that I'm most familiar with, so it'll be privately streamed on YouTube. So it's going to be unlisted. You will have to come through our, you know, I guess, I don't know if you call it a, it's not really a marketing funnel, but through our channel 
which is through internet marketing gold. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. I hope it runs well. I mean, this course is, it's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in this course. So I think it's gonna be even bigger and better than Five Figure Niche Site. And it's definitely shifting in an area where the whole market is shifting. I mean, with Amazon changing the commission rate structure, if you're just doing Amazon affiliate marketing, that's gonna be great for a side hustle for a while. There are definitely gonna be people that are still gonna be making you know five figures a month from their Amazon sites, but they're gonna be getting a lot more traffic and potentially if they're getting that much traffic, most likely they have different revenue streams as well. So a little, I don't know, it gets deep, it gets deep. So check out the link in the show notes so you could sign up for this free challenge and there's gonna be a lot of community. There's gonna be, basically we're gonna show up there for you each day and there's gonna be coaches to help out, some folks to help out in the chat room and just you know make sure everybody gets feedback. But the, the whole thing is you can win a free enrollment, a scholarship into the course if you do the action items each day and submit them. All right, so you can get free enrollment into the course if you do the work. Even if you don't win free enrollment into the course, even if you don't enroll in the course at all, you still will be taking action that will get you closer to where you can launch a site, have those multiple streams of income. In the next episode, and that is Doug Show number 147. I can't believe there's that many episodes out, but if you put out two per week, they do add up. The next one is a success story. And this is a pretty amazing one. This is Derek Bingham. And he has a site making over $2,300 per month. And there's only about 90 posts out there. Now, he was on target to hit 3000 And then the commission rate change in April of 2020 hit. So he, he missed the mark a little bit and he actually could, it could have been a little bit higher than what I have in my notes right here. I can't remember the exact amount since there was some international revenue as well. The crazy thing is Derek only has 90 posts or less at the time that we're recording this. He doesn't really get that much traffic. Like in general, he doesn't get that much traffic for the amount of revenue that he's making. It is insane. Additionally, it only took him five months to hit $1,000 per month. And I can't remember how many months in he was for this 2,300, but it was like eight months, something like that, like eight or nine months. I can't remember exactly. Derek mentions it in the interview. And yeah, it's amazing. So that's coming out for the next episode. And it's, it's great. I mean, Derek's a good guy. And the cool thing, the other cool thing, there's so many cool things, right? But the other thing is that Derek lives like very close to where I grew up. So in the you know Gwinnett County area for the people that were in Georgia and made it to the meetup, which I know a lot of you listen to the show, Derek lives like down the street, basically he lives, you know, just a few minutes away, but he just wasn't able to make it that day. So once I get back to Georgia and once we can socialize freely and we don't have to, you know, go to a park and stand, you know, 15 feet apart and yell at each other, maybe that is what we do for the next meetup. But anyway, Derek will probably be able to make it out. 
for the next meetup in Atlanta, which there will probably be one before the end of the year. I mean, it's, it's May right now. So there will probably be one before the end of the year. Anyway, I'm going to call it a day. Have a great day out there. and I will talk to you in the next episode. <laughs>